Welcome to episode two of Much to Discuss. Discuss. This is a podcast where we talk about scandals throughout time. Basically, whatever scandals that we wanted to talk about. And this week, our scandals are TV shows. I'm Emma. I'm Julie Moses Duffy. And I'm Freddie. Hear the music. Here we go. Scandalous. I found out from a very informative Zoom call of a Friday is an anti-vaxxer and did not vaccinate her child who she has had with Justin Timberlake. Ooh. Also cancelled this week, The Rose of Tralee. I'm still not over it. I'm bringing it back up. Oh. Cancelled or not cancelled, beyond our control. Beyond our control. Goes all the way to the top. So many things have been cancelled lately and I'm really sad about them. Normally I'm buzzing if someone's cancelled. So, Julie Moses Duffy, you have a little bit of a scandal about television. El Scandalous. So, uh, this week I was under the perfect illusion, some would say, that we were doing reality TV. And okay. only reality TV. The fans will tell us. The fans will write it and hopefully now. So now, my immediate thought was, as always, passion, fashion. Or uh, for you, Grail Gores, posh and fashion. Posh and fashion. Emma, could you please verify that? I would say it would be passion, fashion. Oh, disappointing. <laughs> Wanted more. I would think that based on the whole six degrees of separation, we're all related to someone on Passion for Passion. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I'd agree. I think that's the truth. I think that's the truth. And if I could, if we wouldn't mind, um, I did write down my absolute faves. Uh, moments from reality TV and things that stood out to me, but maybe weren't enough to make a story out of. And I'd like to ask you some questions, maybe a little fun okay. quiz to get us started. Pop yes. Quiz. Pop culture quiz. Mm-hmm. Who boned in I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here? Infamously boned on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Emma. Oh no, I don't. I don't think I know this. You I just said my name. Pretty, pretty looks really confused. Um, I, I, Julie, I famously only watched one season of that. Ferdy. Yes. Joey Essex. Okay. Um, entirely incorrect. My mother is so disappointed in both of you. It was Jordan and Peter Andre. Oh, of course, yeah. Oh, it was huge. Were they married at the time? No, they, they uh, met on the jungle and they boned in the jungle oh. and then someone won and I don't think it was either of them. That's Damn. Where did, they, where did they do it? Did they do it in the little hut? No, dead ass. I remember this so well. I remember being, oh, like, I was a child. I should not have been able to see this. Well, they didn't broadcast it, did they? Uh, yeah, Ferds. <gasps> they're not, not going to broadcast it, Ferds. If they can show me someone eating penis, they're going to show me someone eating penis. Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Thank you. <laughs> they met in the jungle. They broadcast the whole thing. It was done on the campsite, like in one of the little makeshift beds. Kind of like if you've ever been to a party or the day after a party um, and people decide to have sex in the same room that you're at and you have to pretend you're asleep. Oh. But in the jungle. Oh, which is so much worse because you could also, there could be a snake. <laughs> More than one. <laughs> that was your biggest problem. And there could be like a creep crawler. I don't know. You can't even go on your phone to pretend you're not there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can't do one thing. Okay. Now, question two. Name me the show 
and the person who said, Mummy, where's my passport? Uh, uh, Freddie. Yes. Um, it was um, um, the um, Nadine Coyle. Yes. Yes, and the show was Make Me a Pop Star or Pop Star to Superstar or something. Um, a, a girl band make a wish. <laughs> it was Pop Idol. Now, on what show did Justin Timberlake, pre-cancellation, believe that he was having his dogs repossessed and he rang his mom crying? Emma. Yes. Did Mickey Mouse Fun House, whatever it was called. You are on drugs. It was punked. <laughs> Mickey Mouse came and said, we're repossessing your stuff, 12-year-old Justin Timberlake. Ring your mom, I dare you. All I know of him being on. <laughs> Bug. I feel like that's the kind of thing that would happen on kids' TV, you know? Dick and children. Justin Timberlake didn't pay his taxes, his childhood taxes, and Mickey Mouse came and took his pets. I'm really worried for you people a lot of the time. So, is, are you just trying to cancel Justin Timberlake in every episode? <laughs> now, let's go back. Let's go all the way back. Yeah. What do we think the first reality TV show was? Oh. Pretty. Oh, yeah. The news. <laughs> that was a Emma. really hard take for Emma. <laughs> I'm not wrong. <laughs> well, Emma, I think it, I just, I feel like I saw this on like QI or something, that it was like some like blind date thing. I really should have covered that still a black. Okay, listen, I'm really regretting what I've done for this episode. Oh, the journalist. Can you, do you remember? And a very good journalist at that. And she took it out of her little blazer. Ah, it was so sick. Okay, let me just tell you the answer and then the quiz is done. Okay. The first segue, the first reality TV show in the modern sense, whatever that means, is the series The American Sportsman, which ran from 1965 to 1986. And I was like, what the hell is that? And it's pretty much sports celebrities uh, going on hunting and fishing trips together. And let me tell you, it's essentially guys being dudes, and it's not something I would ever tune into. No, I don't think I'd ever watch that. God. Just guys being dudes. For this week's episode, I was, after last week, very nervous that someone had covered the same thing as me, uh, Emma Finnegan. So mm. I was going to do something obscure, but then I actually just got hooked on the five most scandalous moments on Great British Bake Off. Now, there is obviously one big one that I imagine comes to everyone's minds when I say that. Um, and I am, apologies to people that love Prue and the new format, only going with the old school hits. Fair. I'm talking Mary Berry and Paul. Prue, wait, whoa. Mel. Sue and Mel. COG's <laughs> gang. So, I love number, Mel. A lot of scandals happened. I don't think we're, we're aware of all of them because as we think of it, it's a very calming show. Mm. You know, things don't really go wrong there. Mm. Let me tell you. Uh, number one, Paul Hollywood, after a technical challenge, dunked a Jaffa cake into a cup of tea, Mary Berry was disgusted. This set off a national discussion about whether the Jaffa cake was a cake or a biscuit. Can you tell me what you guys think? It's a cake because it gets hard if it uh, goes off rather than a biscuit will go soft. Okay, so that's what QI says and that's the legal answer that is correct, but it's still a fucking biscuit. I really need to question how much you guys are watching QI and why you've absorbed it so well. Series four, we had Custard Gate, where Deborah, a dentist, used Howard's custard in her trifle instead of her own. <gasps> she only realized after she'd put it in, Sue did not know what to do. 
Let me tell you, Howard survived until the next week, but he does refer to himself as a victim in an article I read with the Telegraph and the viewers went off. Then we go to the vanishing squirrel problem. I don't know if you're aware of this. Five million people tuned in to watch uh, Joe Wheatley be crowned the winner of series two. But no one's even talking about how Joe won or her showstopper, which wasn't even mentioned. What we're talking about is there was a little clip, you know, in between where they show you like animals and like pictures of the tent. Mm-hmm. There was a squirrel they showed you, uh, affectionately named Sammy by viewers, who had to be taken off the show because Sammy had a giant penis. His <laughs> testicles were out. To say Sammy had big nuts is an understatement. <laughs> I saw a picture of the squirrel this morning and I was like, I don't get what the problem is. And then I read and I was like, oh, Jesus huge like like magnum dong on this squirrel and also the bbc people have cried people have written in being like please bring them back bbc they are not even answering they're not even dignifying this with an answer (gasps) on another season john making strudel nearly cut off his finger i didn't find that very interesting (laughs) on series four did he cut it off a bit or the whole like there was a lot of blood in the glove and it really it's not even worth our time like the squirrel was on series four, Ruby Tando, a very good-looking woman, got to the final, and everyone was like, she slept her way there. She was flirting with Paul the whole time. I don't know if there was only male winners before this or something, but like everyone was very harsh to her, and she had to come out on Twitter and say that not only is she a lesbian, she tweeted, jokes on you, you massive shitting misogynist. For those who thought I ever fancied Paul Hollywood or that I'd ever bang him to get ahead. Not very bake-off language. Not very bake-off her. language, but she got her point across. Also, not very bake-off to accuse someone of this way, you know? No. No. Fans of the bake-off aren't necessarily... They're cutthroat. Yeah. I tell you that. But also, do you know who I think this is my own personal scandal? You know Sandy? Toxic. Yeah. No fair. Host. So basically, I feel like she's always, like, trying to help. And then she always messes it up. Does she get her hands in? You're not allowed to get your hands in. Isn't it, well, in particularly in celeb- Celebrity Bake Off, with like when they have like um, comedians and stuff in, yeah. and she like goes and she's like, I'll help you flip it. So we're going to flip the cake, and then it just all collapses. <gasps> she's done it, I would say, at least five times. And every time she's like, oh, and just like runs away. And she's ruined their cake. <laughs> I wouldn't be touching. I'd be sweating. I would be, my hands would be in my pockets that whole time. I feel like maybe the Channel 4 producers just kind of ask her to do it. They're like, ah, she's doing too well this week. And it's it's always during, like, you know, the Red Nose Day ones and stuff. So it's like, it's all for charity. The money's gone to a charity either way, no matter who wins. Well, you know who didn't win in Series 5? Ian. I'm talking about Baked Alaska Gate. The worst thing that's ever happened to Great British Bake Off history. Ferdy, you look like you don't know what I'm talking about. I, I recognise it. Ferdy, this was like, this was genre-defying. Because this changed the show from being something I'd watch when I'm hungover in a little cam to something that I'm, I'm off the table. I'm off the table. I'm off the couch. I'm screaming. <gasps> I'm off the table. And well, so was the Baked Alaska. Ferdy, to give you a rundown of what happened, it was summertime. It was very hot in the tent. The showstopper around was baked Alaska. They had to make the base. They had to make the ice cream. They had to make the meringue. The whole thing. Here's what happened for the viewers at home. Mm-hmm. Ian 
puts everything he like puts the the ice cream on the sponge he puts the sponge back in the freezer he goes off to make his meringue da 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 then he's like oh i better go check to see that refroze as i wanted it to baked flaska is sat on a counter nowhere near the fucking fridge someone's after taking it out and it's melted and it can't really freeze after that the first off there's not enough time second of all it'll crystallize so that it's not even going to get judged very well and he was like what the fuck what happened here diana who was nicknamed on Twitter as Dirty Diana. She's in her 60s. She rocks over and she's like, oh, I took it out. And he's like, what were you, what do you mean you took it out? What do you mean? She was like, that's my fridge. It shouldn't have been in there. I took it out to put mine in. It shouldn't have been in my fridge. And Ian did better than I ever would have. He showed more humanity in that moment than I have in my entire life. He did not scream at Diana. He did not see revenge. He just got very upset. He put his baked Alaska in the bin. He said, right then, and he stormed out of the tent and he had a bit of a cry. And this morning when I looked at a picture of his face, I had a bit of a cry because I could feel the frustration. His face is so soft. He's from Belfast. He's got a beard. Poor Ian. To add insult to injury, Mm -hmm. this is again the showstopper. Diana handed in a beautiful Alaska swan to Mary and Paul whilst Ian had to present the bin the cake was in the bin there's a really heartbreaking moment where sue is like no 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 just to, to stop him she's like we could save it we could present something and he's just done he just puts it right in the bin and he has to carry the bin up to them and again to his credit ian does not say she did me dirty he does not say there was a conspiracy against me in this tent they're like what happened here and he's like it melted he doesn't look at anyone. he doesn't say anything he is kicked off that episode Oh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Now, the night, this is episode four, right? Mm-hmm. The, night bes- the night before uh, episode five, Diana made a decision not to come back to the show. The BBC spokesperson said, this is not connected in any way to what happened in episode four. And yet, Diana actually has come out and blamed the BBC. Uh, and she said that it was edited incorrectly. She says it was made to look a certain way. And she said that the torrent of abuse she received online was the reason she did not come back. And I well believe that. And the real hero of this story, I cannot say it enough, it's my boy Ian. Ian's come out and Ian's like, I think it's a bit unfair and I do think they could have edited the episode better. He said, I feel bad for Diana because she received quite a mauling on Twitter. And I don't like those nasty comments that have been directed towards her. I'm going to tell you right now, Ian gives me a very hosier energy. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, the highest compliment in the land. Uh, he said that he, in saying this now, he says he does not believe uh, the program maker or Beard, oh yeah, her name is Diana Beard, he does not believe her claims that the pudding had only been left in 40 seconds. That is not long for that to, it was like melted uh-uh. down. No, when it so melted, like, it melted. It's incorrect. And then I did some background research. Girls, let me tell you this. The Great British Bake Off didn't have enough fucking fridges for everyone. The it was Great like, Bake Off. It's Honestly, like the there wasn't enough lifeboats. There wasn't enough freezers. Life I'm a Finnegan. You're dead right. Wow. None of and Diana said women and children first and she kicked them right out of her freezer. And she there did wasn't it. enough freezers. But so listen. her excuse that this is my freezer makes no sense. It wasn't hers. There were like four sense. people in her freezer. Listen, if you're in a competitive situation, you want to win. You want to beat the best. You want to be the best. Yeah. You've got to beat the best. So look, if you're in a competitive situation and you're like, there's no freezer, there's someone's thing in there, you're like, listen, I'm taking that and putting mine in. There's something I'd like to talk about on this episode. 
I find I've had a lot of time to think to myself during this quarantine, um, not to introduce another binary into this world, but I find that people can either be bakers or cooks. Diana was a cook. Ian was a baker. And I'm not saying bad people. I'm not saying they are malicious in any way, but I'm telling you right now, they're driven in a way that bakers aren't. And if she was a cook in a baker's world, she showed no respect for Ian. It's a vibe you get off people. It's not even what they do the most. Mm. For example, Emma Finnegan, I think you're a cook. Yeah. That's well, not mean. That's true. Freddie, I, I do think, though, I, I don't know if... It, see, it's hard to know how you would react in this situation. It's hard to know. Can I put a point in here, going back to last week's yeah. you know, thing about it goes all the way to the top. Surely mm-hmm. someone from the production team watched Diana take it out of the freezer and said we're not going to say anything to her we're not going to mention it to Ian we're going to let this happen oh of course they would they're yeah. like this is golden they're like this is golden tv they're yeah. they're not gonna they're not gonna say anything they're not gonna interfere with story yeah they're not gonna interfere with story and so you know if she did make an honest mistake and was like this is my freezer what's this doing here i'm going to take this out unaware that it was specifically someone's is she the villain does she deserve hate does she deserve to be cancelled i feel like no i don't think anyone deserves that i don't think especially not over cake it's not worth it no one died it's not worth it over a cake to quote cake it was more of a technical error than a baking error there was a lot of discussion afterwards off camera between the contestants and all the bakers thought they shouldn't have thrown anyone off the show the week because of the way it happened there was yeah. a lot of frustration on the day, uh, but I was the one who threw it into the bin. So in the end, I'm responsible for it. He says, I don't regret throwing it in the bin and I would do it again. I didn't want to serve something in that state. Uh, I'm someone who likes to turn things out as I intended them to. It was more of a frustration. He laughs. He says, in the end, it was only a reality show involving bacon. <laughs> Sorry. I just really feel the burps coming. Like, I feel like I was all personality and I'm like, oh, I got to... Shape up. You gotta live up to last week's spectacular. It was huge. The mm. ratings are in. Uh, no, we don't need to live up. We need to do better. We need to, do you know what? That's that's fair. You have to outdo yourself every time. Yeah. You only as good as your last performance. So we move on to my yeah words. Let's go. So this one is um oh this one's a heavy one. <gasps> you preface it. Um, I don't know how I ended up that this was my scandal. I kind of just searched into YouTube BBC scandals. And then this is what came up. And I I kind of got too into it to change it this late in the game. This is a scandal within a scandal. So the initial scandal is one that we probably all know. And quite an awful bit of history um, in regards to Jimmy Savile. Oh, no. Yes, um, who oh, no. presented many shows on the BBC, was very popular, and then yeah. after he died, it turned out that he had had sex with a lot of underage girls. Children. Children, yes. And this was obviously a huge blow for the BBC that, you know, they'd always celebrated him, and did the BBC higher-ups know that this was going on? Did they support it? Um, and lots of these questions were raised. But the scandal that I'm going to be talking about this episode is actually in regards to a documentary that, um, or a piece that Newsnight were going to run um, a few months after his death, explaining all that had happened 
but that the BBC higher-ups stopped from running for reasons unknown, and that all the information wasn't revealed until a year later by ITV. So the BBC... Wait, the, the, the piece they were going to run on Newsnight was them exposing him as a predator? Yes. Wait, was this before he died? No, oh this was just after he died. The um, timeline of events, we have... Oh my God. George Entwistle, who was head of BBC Vision, but he, after Jimmy Savile died, was talking about the possibilities of there being Christmas shows, sort of uh, remakes of his old shows as a tribute to him. And Jimmy Savile died just at the end of October. So, you know, they were planning ahead for the Christmas schedule and they thought this would be great and everyone loves all his old shows. Oh my God. And the celebration of a BBC icon. Meanwhile, Newsnight decide to look into his life and the dark rumours that lingered in the halls of the BBC in regards to his activities. And so they went to a school where Jimmy Savile had often driven in his car and said the girls could ride in his car if he Mm -hmm. could do things with them. They got interviews with people in the school and they were going to broadcast it in December. But because it was going to clash with the already scheduled remake of Jim Will Fix It as a tribute, the BBC didn't want to run with it. Now this was found out by a journalist who um, reported it in, I think it was the Sunday Times or Sunday something, reported about it saying that there are rumours and that this show was axed because higher-ups obviously know all this information and, you know, Mm -hmm. etc. So there's a big report into it that shows that the decision to drop the report um, against Savile was flawed, but it had not been done to protect, officially hadn't been done to protect the tribute shows. Is mm. what um, and so this was a big scandal at the time. So Ed Miliband, who was the Labour leader uh, in Parliament, called for a full investigation to the BBC, but the Conservative yeah. government said that they were satisfied that the BBC wasn't in the wrong here. Yes, so then... George Entwistle, who was the head of BBC Vision and had pushed Ridiculous the show, um, had also recently become the director general of the BBC. So he was now head honcho. Um, so he had to do many interviews when it was revealed by ITV, all the allegations against Jimmy Savile. It also turned out that the BBC, that the Newsnight report had um, found information that the police didn't have and that they didn't report it to the police. And this was all part of the the ITV thing. And then Panorama, which is a BBC sort of investigative documentary series, did a whole investigation on it and was quite harsh on the BBC. So George Entwistle had to stand down as Director General of BBC. Good. 54 days. Good. He also wrongly, this was after all this, he, uh, no, Newsnight wrongly reported that someone... Um, was a paedophile as well and everyone was like there's not enough evidence for this and this isn't no. true and everyone was like, this isn't. they were like we did this first thing now we can just do it again yeah. people just- the ratings love paedophiles love yeah. them. we're gonna do it one more time um oh god no you can't be whoa so now much of the argument is that he didn't really know what was going on. He wasn't in charge of pulling it. He, you know, didn't write the script for Newsnight about it was Lord McAlpine. And then so Entwistle went on an interview where he was asked, was he going to resign? 
and he implied that he had no intention of resigning. Um, and there was huge backlash to that. And he uh, stood down. Yeah, 54 days and implicit in two massive scandals of misinformation, hiding information, cover-ups. Whoa. Yeah. Can I just, obviously this is like a hardcore, it goes all the way to the top case. Mm. But could I even suggest this goes all the way topper? Because let's say it. Jimmy Savile, from what I saw now, also, sorry, has anyone seen the uh, new Louis Three documentary about Savile? No, I haven't seen it. Girl, it's really good. It's really informative. It is harrowing. It is so hard to watch. I don't know what was wrong with me. One of the days I was, tr- I was uh, studying for my social work exam in child abuse, and I thought, this is kind of heavy. I'm going to take my lunch break. I'll watch the Savile documentary while trying to eat lunch. I couldn't even eat. It is so intense. It is so disgusting. It's a lot. Well, pretty much they did specify, they were like, obviously he did so much work in hospitals, which was a lot of the, like he got a lot of access to children that way. He did so much work in hospitals. He was so integrated, not even integrated, but he did so much work and there was so much publicity around his friendship with like... Oh. No. Julie, you can't end on that. I don't want her to... to Reveal these Jimmy Savile secrets. Oh my god, I am shook by this though, Freddie. Mm. It's like I am being silenced. I don't know what's happening. That was terrifying. There was so much publicity around his friendship with like Charles, and so many pictures of them like holding or shaking hands, and because like they would come to like the the Savile, I believe, had a lot of like organizations or profits. Yeah, and I believe it was Diana as well. God bless. They used to go and like take pictures and like cut ribbons and plant trees. And there were so many pictures of them being friends that nearly when you were saying that about like Ed Miliband going to the conservative government, I mean, like, can we look into this? I could easily see the conservative government being like, this will look bad for everyone. Because he was given so much funding. He was given so much like power. He had so much power and access to people. It was ridiculous. Also, I feel like I'm a bit ignorant about all of this, but like in terms of like, how was it kept so under wraps for so long? Emma, I think it was one of those things almost similar to Harvey Weinstein that everyone yeah. in the know knew, but no one was talking about it because he was he was on top. He was the head honcho, really. He had so much power, so much influence, and people mm-hmm. weren't. Really, yeah. yeah. He targeted yeah. a lot of children from like working class families. Yeah. People that came on his show. He was and like he did, he did his shows. You know, he presented shows to children every like weekend morning and i guess also in that time like like it's taboo now but like mm-hmm. back then it was just not even like corporal punishment was still around yeah not to say that it was a harsh society or like that they would be okay with that or anything but it just it yeah. wasn't something you talked about yeah what is interesting though is that um the man who's head of who was head of children need the big charity telethon believed a lot of the rumors and didn't let jimmy savile be a part of it so he presented it sort of five years and then never presented it again because your man obviously couldn't call him out but did have the power to say, well, you're not presenting my charity show. See, but it, it's, it, it's, it gets me though because it is just like so many men covering for other men all the time. Yeah. Oh, Emma, there's a terrifying part of the documentary, no spoilers, there's a terrifying part of the documentary where Louis Threw meets up with like his former, she was like his personal assistant, secretary, whatever. And she's yeah. like a nice enough woman. But like her, she worked so closely with Savile. She was like, he was my really good friend. 
she kind of says that like they were like oh did he ever come on to you or anything like that and she was like no we always thought he was nearly like asexual or something like that because he was never it seemed like he was never trying to get with like adult women so they just were, were kind of like oh no he was never like a sexual being nearly he was just always quite fun and quite like affectionate physically affectionate I guess um but she was like oh he spoke at my wedding she has all these gifts from him in her home there's all these like framed photos of them at her wedding and like all this kind of stuff and that was like now after all of this had come out and Louis III was like why do you still have that up and like do you believe what happened and what's going on here and she openly is like I can't allow myself to believe it and he's like what are you talking about and she's like if I allow myself to believe that then I have to not only accept that I had like a pedophile and the predator speak at my wedding and into my home but I organized all of his visits to those children I arranged it all and I cannot let that into my consciousness and you nearly see that this woman like is like living in a separate world like she she seems quite fragile but she's literally like I'm not gonna allow that into my consciousness because it'll break me so I'm just gonna choose to live in denial but but she's actively denying like like she actually has to work at yeah denying it seems like she does because like he's like there's More work because she she knows she obviously knows like she's talking She's aware, she's talking about it. She's like, no, 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 I have to not accept that. It is a very hard watch. It is just awful how, yeah, people have that power and that influence and can get away with stuff. And now I suppose we're in a society where you're less likely to get away with it. We listen to children and we listen to yeah. people. Um, but, it was really interesting. Uh, so kind of all the people involved, um, in the show have slowly left BBC. Um, so the producer um, was fired in 2015. One of the reporters, the main reporter on it, um, on the Newsnight thing, left in 2013 and said, when the Savile scandal broke, the BBC tried to smear my reputation. The editor of the Panorama investigation onto the BBC's response is now working in an admin position in the BBC. So he hasn't been fired, he's just been moved to a different... Demoted. Yeah, demoted. Difference, um, one word. And then the editor of the Panorama documentary, or the sort of man overseeing all the Panorama documentaries, is, yeah, is no longer overseeing documentaries. So everyone who was involved in trying to break the story and then trying to talk about how the story wasn't broken was slowly moved away. Dang. That's dark. Yeah. But the information is out here now. And, you know. Things being done about it. Yeah. That um, Big Star Theory video that Ferdy got us watching about, about the whole Big Star Theory throughout the cinematic universe. I recall that solidly an hour. Mm-hmm. And the other day I sent it to someone because I was describing it and they were like, that sounds so good. It's 20 minutes. <laughs> it's 20 minutes I remember Emma Finnegan you and I made eye contact multiple times being like this has been ours and it all circled back to Boo being the creator of the entire world oh yes yeah God is a woman and her name is Boo no because we watched that and then we also watched the one about Andy's dad in Toy Story that one I actually yeah. that we watched that was at least 28 minutes yeah that the was one about Andy's dad is very sad who was Andy's No, dad? it was so long. It was about the poor boy with the glasses and all the photos on the stairs. The video that shook me the, the hardest, and if anyone on the podcast has nothing to do because you're in quarantine, video proving that 
all of those humans on the spaceship in Wally are cannibals? Sent me over oh, the edge. Oh, yeah. I'm begging the two of you to watch this. I was in my bed one morning hungover and I remember being like, I'm going to scream because it, it made so much sense. It was like kind of when you watch like a flat earth video mm. and then you're actually like, honestly, <laughs> maybe they have a point. Like I was, I still am convinced. Here we go. This is Emma. This is Emma Scandal. It's a, it's a Grey's Anatomy backstage scandals. <gasps> yeah! Yeah, baby. So I actually, there's so many of them and I've actually ended up, I, I'm going to touch on like a few, but I've done one. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> I, started, I started doing loads and then I was like, they're actually, this is, there's too many. So Grey's Anatomy, huge show, has been, it's in season 16, 16 years. Oh, wow, 16. Is it still it's, on? Still on. It's still running. When's it? When is it or going away? This show just constantly get cancelled. So I don't know how. It's gone very ropey. I used to watch it a lot, but I think I gave up after like season eight or nine, which I still lasted a long time. When your man, Dr. McDreamy, died, I thought, what's the point? Yeah, I. that's when I stopped watching. When there was no more Patrick Dempsey, I was like, mm. There's so many scandals, backstage scandals with this cast. There's so much has happened. And they nearly all include Shonda Rhimes in some shape or form. Yeah, and even, so Ellen Pompeo, who plays Meredith Grey, Dr. Meredith Grey, um, she's even spoken out about like the ongoing kind of backstage dramas. And she includes herself in like parts of it as well. There's like stuff going on with her at the minute about her like salary negotiations and stuff. But to be honest, I was like, mm not really what I'm here for. I'm here for something more meaty, something more spicy. So the scandal that I'm going to talk about is Isaiah Washington, who played um, Dr. Preston Burke in season one and two. I think he may have also been season three. Don't have my all my facts straight. Someone can fact check me later. But um, <laughs> he got into big trouble when he called his co-star, T.R. Knight, who played a part of George, one of the lead characters, the F word. So basically rumors surfaced uh, about this like homophobic incident and it was reported in Entertainment Weekly. So then Isaiah Washington confirmed the comment by making a public apology and saying, quote, that uh, this was an unfortunate use of words. So (laughs) that I meant something else. Mm. <laughs> so it turns out that T.R. Knight was actually gay had not come out yet and was basically forced out because of this incident oh. so and he, uh, later on he's confirmed that this F word said by Washington pushed him out and forced him oh, to mm-hmm. so it was only known like privately amongst friends and stuff so he had to come out into the you know public sphere as gay so then it got confused so this this is an ongoing scandal so then it got really confused when Isaiah Washington at the Golden Globes basically kind of shoots himself in the foot and denies that he ever used the slur okay well and in the process of denying it he repeats the word live in on the Golden Globes (laughs) what an idiot like (laughs) Imagine being his manager and being like, why do you keep saying it? <laughs> and literally being like, stop, you gotta stop. So then Tiora Knight responds to this afterwards being like, Isaiah referred to me as a 
blank Mm -hmm. and everyone heard it then Catherine Heigl who was in the show who existed before her own controversy which came a year later we'll get to that um she said uh Isaiah Washington she was like he needs to just not speak in public period and honestly very fair very fair and I feel like there's a lot of people that you know we know we could say that about you know when they get drunk just don't Got just not talk. Julie Duff. Hey, Julie hey. Duff, you're notorious for getting cancelled. <laughs> hey, don't talk to the cancelled like this. <laughs> you think you're on this podcast, but we're at it anyway. You're actually not. You're not actually not here in the final cut. When so, this is all set up and it goes all the way to the top, and you're just trying. To, John Tucker must die me. <laughs> so okay, so after the Golden Globes, Isaiah Washington was fired from the show on June seventh, two thousand and seven, following kind of a few months of controversy about this. Um, and what was weird though they didn't kill off his character but they did make uh, viewers hate him because he left Christina played by Sandra Oh at the altar Oh, that was his exit from the show and you don't do that to her you don't do that to her a beloved character you're not going to do that not to Sandra Oh so then in July 2007 so a month after he'd been kicked off the show he appeared on Larry King and confirmed that he did in fact use the word contrary to what he said at the Golden Globes oh. <laughs> and but he said he did not use it in relation to T.R. Knight and said that he said it to leading man Patrick Dempsey played McDreamy uh, said it to him saying to stop treating him like insert word you think that was going to go well for him? Mm-hmm. And, mm, and he said he didn't mean it as a gay slur because the word to him just implied someone who was being weak. Okay. Okay. Again, where is his management? Oh my good God. As Catherine Heigl said, he needs to just not speak in public. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh my god. This 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 has this is an over. This is an over. So in May 2014, seven years after he was fired, Washington returns to the show. What? Whoa. He returns to gaze Sonda. to Grey's Anatomy. I said gaze anatomy. <laughs> well, I just watched Drag Race. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. The Gaze Anatomy episode Drag Race. I'm sure you can find that online. Now I'm like Gay's Anatomy. So he returned to Gay's in the Mind. He returned to Grey's Anatomy for a cameo episode, for like a cameo role in an episode, but got like huge mixed reception from viewers who were like, How dare you bring him back to the show? Yeah. But Shonda Rhimes responded to this kind of backlash for bringing him back for an episode, saying that she believes in people's abilities to grow and change and learn from mistakes she says if we don't think after seven years human beings can change then there is no future for the human race okay but then this cameo didn't do much to actually revive his career and in 2014 isaiah washington states just after he was asked about the episode he states i don't worry whether or not the stories i tell will destroy my acting career because you can't take away something that doesn't exist they killed the actor in me on june 7th 2007 well he killed the actor in him actually yeah i don't think shonda ryan's scripted for you to say that mm. and also it's like they didn't kill him because they tried to bring him back you know they're offering you know this like hand of peace and saying you know we support you and we support that you might have changed and we want to help your career and he's like no you've already killed him I'm just going to come back, but I'm just going to give out that you've already like, killed my acting career. I'm the victim. Mm. Like, I'm so sorry society's not as homophobic as you'd like it to be. And so what's happened to, um, was it T.R.? 
So TR Knight, so on him, he ended up leaving the show two years later, asking to leave the show. So there was controversy about this as well. So he basically said that he wanted to come out, but the show told him not to. But then Shonda Rhimes said, Shonda Rhimes came out and said, no, we told him he could come out if he wanted to, that we had no qualms about that, but that he was worried that his character would then be written as gay if he were to come out as gay. And they were like, no, we're not going to, we don't believe that a gay man can't play a straight man. That would be ridiculous if we thought that. So we're never going to, we're not going to write you as gay because you were gay. So it got a bit weird and then he just asked to leave the show. So he was killed off. But yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about the whole Isaiah Washington thing because a part of me is kind of like, I guess after seven years, you think that someone would have like, you know, grown and changed and realised that what they said was not well. Yeah. And like, should his whole career have been absolutely annihilated and cancelled because of that? It's a very hard question. Yeah. And should they have had him back? I think it was a bad idea to have him back on the show in 2014. But I just think because the show is so tied to that instant for him. Mm-hmm. But I guess if on a human level, like this whole Shonda Rhimes thing being like, like people grow and people change, that's where the mistake was made. And mm-hmm. I kind of feel like without him being invited back on the show people wouldn't move past it. I feel like he nearly had to make peace with the people mm. that he had wronged in the first place. I don't even know if TR Knight was still on it, but I feel like society nearly needed their permission to let him back in. Yeah, oh, TR Knight was very much not on the show at this point. Okay. But I think, I mean, I, I get what she was saying about, you know, the people change, and but surely if she wanted to support his career and bring him back, you know, she produces so many shows. Yeah. You know, she is at the forefront of television at the moment. Couldn't yeah. she put him onto a different show rather than bringing him back to Grey's Anatomy, which just seems like a big publicity stunt and everyone's going to be talking about it and, you know, TMZ will be complaining and some other magazine will be saying it's great. And it just... And then, yeah, because then it also calls up the question, mm, I understand why they didn't kill him off to start with because that would make it like a sad ending for his character that they That's had to give sure. him despicable. But the fact that they didn't kill him off then didn't mean that they could bring him back. Yeah. There's also just, and this is quite negative, quite harsh, but when an adult, like if he'd been like even a teen and use that kind of language, but like mm. for an adult to use a homophobic or a racial slur, anything like that, I'm like, you are grown yeah. and you yeah. chose not to educate yourself and you chose to behave this way. Like it wasn't a misunderstanding. And also to be in television or show business, which I mean, does have a lot of gay people working there. Not to say that it's like an exclusively gay craft or anything like that, but like yeah. it is a very, Mm-hmm. LGBTQ plus friendly environment. I just yeah. think it's wild. Yeah, it's and that it, And I think the wildest part of it is the fact that like he was called out for all of this. He got received backlash, then was at the Golden Globes mm. and said it again. Goes on to yeah. say he didn't even say it to begin with. Like that just feels to me like you didn't learn from it. Like everyone yeah. makes mistakes, but you learn from them and that's what makes you a good person. Because nothing had happened at the start. It was it was after he said it again at the Golden Globes that he was then fired. 
because I think it does, as we were saying earlier, you know, where was his agent, where was his publicist to tell him not to do it? And obviously you shouldn't need someone to do that, but also where were they? Because yeah. so many actors do have people telling them how to walk and what to wear and how to, you know, make an apology. And obviously no one was there supporting him, which maybe means that his agent or publicist or whoever fucking hated him and was like, yeah, no, you go and say that. Now you go up on stage to the Golden Globes and you say that. Because maybe yeah. he's just a horrible person. And they're like, not my problem. Where are you going? Um, uh, what's the outro line? Thank <laughs> you. So there you go. Emma, let's do it at the same time. Let's say it at the same time. Okay, three, two, one. Thank, Thank you, so, you much so much for, for listening. listening. Two. Two. Podcast. So much to discuss. Much to discuss. <laughs> now we're going to do it. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Much to Discuss this week. Whoop! Hope you had a good time. Next week's episode topic is Boy Band and Girl Groups. Oh, we said the same time. It's fine. Boy Bands, Girl Groups. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Where's he going? <laughs> yeah. She's not having a good time. She's not. I think she wants to go out. Everyone's pets should be their outro noise. Yeah, yeah. Ready to jump on the table. No, Brady, this is going to be an absolute nightmare to edit this. Five on the table. Yeah, Fred, I talked a lot. Just cut out half of it. Yeah, how would you even cut?